This week's episode of Tea with Queen and Jay is sponsored by TeasByG.com. TeasByG is a cannabis beverage company offering full-spectrum hemp tea bags, honey, matcha and Jamaican hot cocoa for the exhausted and overworked. TeasByG creates products for people who are interested in the benefits of whole plant consumption with all the components of the hemp plant, including terpenes and other phytonutrients. No sugar, no additives, no ingredients you can't pronounce. Even their tea bags are natural. That's TeasByG.com. IG.com for blend that works for you. This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, groceries, cleaning supplies, and guns are on quarantine shopping lists across the country. Fuck us up with that. We try to date without dying. And is the global pandemic making white folks more racisty, or is this just their time to shine? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Doing another episode. Oh my goodness. Podcasting. Another episode. I don't know. I'm shocked every time. (laughs) This is a shocking time, yo. This is a shocking time. How you been? I've been good. How you been? I've been I've been good. I've been good. I had a really good week. I feel like I'm getting into more of a routine. Which is better. I thought I was getting into one before, but it was that was like my routine of like, oh, you're on vacation this week, like hang out in the house. Now I think I'm like in a, (laughs) oh, you're in isolation this week. You're in like this is isolation. Oh, oh, okay. This is like this is is what we do now. This is who we are. Substance stage. Yeah, yeah. So I'm um that's where I'm at right now. So yeah, so I had I had a good week. Okay, that's good. Good. Happy you had yeah. a good week. Thank you. Welcome to, to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two, two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. And yes. right. Let's get it. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We retweet that shit. We like that shit. And then you can meet other folks who listen to T with Queen and Jay on there. Another hashtag that we love for you to use is pod in. And that is a now listening hashtag. And that allows other people to know that you are listening to T with Queen and Jay. That's right. Every episode, we like to get into things that are giving us black ass, black joy. We pour libations for the ancestors. We pour one out for the homies. We toast it up to whatever it is that we're fucking with this week. Queen, what are you libating this week? I'm libating all delivery people. All of you are a godsend. I don't know how the world would be functioning if you were not still delivering food and not still delivering packages and things like that. Last week, I did a lot of ordering because I realized that I I guess I need retail therapy for me to feel like normal. I don't know. I guess I need to spend money, but I've just been spending money on like shit for the house since I'm going to fucking be here. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to do that if there weren't people who were essential workers who were fucking still delivering my packages and things like right. that they've been really great about it like don't ring my doorbell like we don't i don't really open the door when they're there because like i want to be cautious mm-hmm. and they're being cautious too and they're like i'm leaving it at the door and i'm like thank you you know shit like that libations mm-hmm. to all delivery people and folks y'all are the bomb and y'all need to be paid way more 
than you are. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yo. Libations to everybody delivering essential and non-essential shit, yo, to everybody who is uh Dildos. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <sighs> yes. Jay, what are your libations? I am pouring libations for showers and routines. I polled everybody on my Instagram stories to see if people were showering like regular. Because if you if you're in the house with like other people, I could see it being a motivating factor to like shower. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to smell fresh for whoever you're around. And I could see that. But me being in here by myself with my dog, it was like who doesn't shower. Yeah, she smells like popcorn. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> let's just both of us, let's lean into this funk. Oh, she needs a bath. No, she definitely needs a bath. She definitely needs a bath. But yeah, so I polled everybody on my Instagram stories. And a lot of people like me have not been showering. Maybe like doing it a few times a week. Mm-hmm. And other people were saying that it makes them feel better to shower. So some people are doing it like two to three times a day. They feel like it helps bring some calm and some normalcy to their isolation routine. And so I was like, you know what? I have been feeling absolutely out of whack. So maybe I'll try that. So right now I've added showering to my nighttime routine. And I don't know if it's working yet because I'll still be up all hours of the night. But I'm clean. So that is a plus. Because <laughs> I, was, I was feeling like this is not this is not the way so yeah so i guess i I do feel better a little bit now that i'm showering oh i also reincorporated yoga into my routine so i feel like i have like i said more of like an isolation routine that i feel good about my sleep is still out of whack but i've like i said i've kind of leaned into that like sleep out of whack thing and so i just have a schedule i eat lunch around 7 30 at night and that's just what it is you know what i'm saying like yeah i think you're not alone in sleep we're doing it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I hear that a lot. Like, you're not the first person who's like, yo, is your sleep out of whack? Yeah. Mine was a little bit for last week, but I just blamed it on that pink moon and 5G waves. So 5G waves were fucking up with your sleep schedule? I just blame everything on 5G waves. I have really bad cramps. I blamed it on that. Like, it's just, you know, <laughs> since that's what we're doing, I'm just doing that. <laughs> okay, I accept that. As long as you know that Rona is real, then you're right. <laughs> Like, just blame it on the 5G, yo. Blame it on the motherfucking 5G. Word. I feel you. Let's get into donations. Let's tell folks how and why they should donate to T with Queen and J podcast. Donate to T with Queen and J to progress this podcast, sustain the podcast, and to keep the lights on for this motherfucking podcast. Podcast. You could donate to T with Queen and J by going to our website, tbthqueenandj.com. Slide down on our homepage, and there is where you will find two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where we're asking you to put however much you want in a pot, however many times you want. There is no commitment there. And then our second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. We are asking for $2 a month. $2! You can give more or less. That is up to you, but we're only asking for $2 a month, and those are the two monetary ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. Other ways... That you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay that doesn't cost you a dime, but might cost you a little time, is by subscribing to this podcast. Whatever app you're listening to us on, subscribe. Make it so we pop up into your feed every fucking 
week. Rate and review this podcast on whatever app that you listen to podcasts on. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us a heart, give us a comment. Let people know that this is a great and amazing podcast to fucking listening to tag us in those posts so people are asking for a podcast if you are a writer write about this podcast and your publication teach someone how to listen to a podcast no one's going to find tooth queen and jay if they don't even know how to podcast so teach someone to listen to a podcast and then eventually they will find tea with queen and jay if you would like to sponsor tea with queen and jay podcast if you'd like to advertise with us if you'd like to hear your ad on tea with queen and jay t-mail us at tea with queen and jay at gmail.com if you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism womanism black feminism black hair or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast or if you'd like us to do a live show i.e a virtual show virtual conferencing show or consult you or your team send us your team mail at t with queen and j at gmail.com if you'd like to support us individually we've included our amazon wish list links in the show notes if you don't fuck with amazon on any level please do not feel pressured to use that shit it's just for the convenience of folks who use it on the reg if you do use amazon we ask that you be respectful of any blackout protest days that amazon workers are participating in word and you can usually find that on the social Meads. All the Googles. If you don't do the social meads. Oh, facts, facts, facts. The social meads or the Googles. Yeah. You can, it will let you know what days not to fuck with Amazon at all. This week's donation libations. We have new Patreon subscribers. This week's Patreon subscribers are Alejandra. Alejandra actually upped their pledge. Thank you so much, Alejandra. We appreciate you. Then we have Imani is a new subscriber. Kiyoka, Janice. Wendy upped their pledge. Thank you, Wendy and Paul. Welcome, Paul. Thank you all so much for being a part of our Patreon. And what we've been putting in our Patreon lately are when we do Netflix parties. So uh, it doesn't matter what level of Patreon subscriber you are. Every now and again, we'll do a Netflix watch party. And if you have the Netflix party app, you can join in with us. And we put the link in that Patreon app for people who want to watch some shit with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we've been doing. We also had some people hit us up on the PayPal and Ugochi hit us up. Thank you so much, Ugochi. We appreciate you. Gabriel, thank you so much, Gabriel. And Sean, Sean says, this podcast is my weekly happy moment in a pretty dark part of history. Keep changing lives, Queen and Jay. Thank you so much, Sean. We appreciate you. All right. So you ready to get into the show? Yes, let's get into the show. So, Jay. Yo. What kind of tea are you drinking? I am drinking jasmine green. What are you drinking? I'm drinking ginger tea to um, pay homage to my ancestors. <laughs> Explain yourself. Black black people drink ginger tea. Drink ginger anything. Oh. Anything with ginger. You think it's like, okay. you know, I don't know. It's healing. It does give me healing vibes. Yeah, right? You feel the, the zing. You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Healed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Drinking ginger tea. Wait. <laughs> What are your pronouns? (laughs) She, her, they, them. What are your pronouns? She, her, and what are you affirming for yourself? 
This week, I am affirming a life full of abundance, health, wealth, and financial stability. I affirm sensuality and baddiness. I affirm that I am not a lady. I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. I'm self-employed. I'm paid. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I affirm a brand new MacBook with all the shits. I affirm that me and my loved ones are healthy. I affirm a new studio and workspace where we can record and work and be comfortable at our convenience. And I affirm an active, positive mind. What do you affirm for yourself this week? Oh, I really I've enjoyed your affirmations. Yes, okay. Oh, thank you. Active thank and you. positive mind and shit. Um, I am affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I affirm that I'm enough. I affirm that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I'm well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are healthy. And that I will forever and always stunt on these hoes. I also affirm that I will find a healthy sex buddy that will add to my sexual pleasure. Yes. Yes. And I also affirm that 2020 will still be fruitful and abundant. It will still be. Okay. It will. I'm just like convincing myself and all of us. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yes. I like that shit. Mm -hmm. I like that shit. Before we get into other shit, yo, I wanted to add to my libations that I did a family Zoom call. Okay. It was our first time doing a Zoom. And so it was like my dad and my grandma. It was my grandmother's 90th. My dad, my grandma, a bunch of cousins were on there. All my siblings were on there. And it was really nice. It was really nice. A lot of times in person, our holidays are fucking stressful. But I think because we're all under quarantine and like we're catching up with each other, the energy was different. We stayed on there for three and a half hours, which is a long time. But I will say, yeah, I will say the cap for us should have been three. I I think we could have got off at three and it's still been like Did it start getting weird at the three and a half? Yeah, definitely. It definitely started getting, (laughs) it started getting weird at at right after the three o'clock hour and that's when it was like all right let's let's like wind this down let's do our it's funny because when you're on, stu- on zoom you still do like a black church goodbye you still like <laughs> do the like we're gonna take forever Ever. like i'm like we're all here all we gotta do all we gotta do is say bye you don't gotta go in the other room and hug on so and so we're all right here why are we still on the zoom call no, but no. Yeah, but I think that definitely helped my spirits. I wouldn't mind doing it again in like a month. I wouldn't make it like a like a All weekly thing or thing, anything. Yeah. yeah, but I thought it was it was nice to like check in with everybody. We did all kind of weird shit. We talked about all kind of shit that I think we would have never discussed in person mm-hmm. just because we were we were there, you know, and like I don't know, yo shit gets real. Shit gets real on the Zoom when you're in isolation. So, Question. I beat that, yo. Yes. Who set up grandma on a Zoom? Who set her up? Oh. <laughs> how the, she how lives with my dad. Go? Oh, okay. She lives <laughs> with my dad. Like... Yeah, she is her 90th birthday. She lives with my dad. So, yeah, he set everything up. All she had to do was, was come out show and sit up, there and Show eat up her and cake. show out. Yeah. Okay. So That's like, it. That's all she had to do. Who set so, that yeah. up? <laughs> it, was, it was really cute. We, got, we were getting off the Zoom during the last half hour. And my brother's like, let's sing happy birthday. We're like, we did that. We did that two hours ago. <laughs> it's the weirdest, weirdest church goodbye ever. Enough. Get off the Zoom. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so libations to that. Libations to that. That is funny. So have you been dating during this global pandemic? I actually have. 
Okay. Which is strange. Please tell us what that looks like and tell us that you've been keeping your black ass at the crib. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's weird because I was not doing any dating mm-hmm. at all for like months because I just was turned off by it. Feeling really toxic. So, it was like if I feel like I'm going to be toxic, maybe I shouldn't be engaging other folks. Trying to be responsible mm-hmm. and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I guess being a human. Something I don't normally do. <laughs> To be honest. Mm-hmm. When you say something you don't normally do, what do you mean? Consciously omit myself from situations because I feel toxic. So, like, purposely not mm-hmm. dating because I know I'm in this toxic space and I'm probably just going to be horrible Got with it. people. Um, I Got generally it, okay. do that more consciously with women. I never mm-hmm. do that with men. This is, like, my first time kind of just, like, no, I'm just going to opt out of all of it. Right. Because, nah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so when the shutdown happened... I was like, let me just get on the app because I do like to, like, bother men. That's, like, fun for me. Mm-hmm. And, like, apps is just an easy way for me to do that and be safe because it's a fucking app. Right. So I had joined Hinge just to, like, for the shits and giggles and whatever. But I've actually been, like, connecting with people, mm-hmm. which is cool. So I had a virtual date with someone I met on Hinge, which was pretty cute. He ordered me food and sent it to my house, and he had food. So we were, like, on a dinner date. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it was really, really cute. That's um, cute. What were you on, Zoom or something else? Oh, no, we were just on FaceTime. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I used the FaceTime on my laptop. He used the FaceTime on his laptop so we can just, mm-hmm. like, eat or whatever, which was really, really cute. It was his idea. I am already decided that, especially with men, I'm not coming up with no ideas. I'm not, no, I'm not doing shit. If you don't come up okay. with something, then it's not going to happen because I'm. Mm-hmm. I feel like when a lot of my relationships, I initiate things. I, I am the fun. I am the this. I'm not doing any of that. I'm being as lazy about everything as possible. I'm not doing mm-hmm. shit. So I like that he came up with that idea. It was really really cute. We had a good time. We were on the phone for like five hours. That's nice. Yeah, it was really cute. So yeah, that was with that guy. It was really cool. We did. End up meeting in person for twenty minutes, so I did. All right, think. explain, explain <laughs> yourself, explain yourself. I, I, I don't, I can't relate, and I can't compute. So tell us, tell us what the fuck so you're talking about. He sent food to my house, so he already knew my address, right? Okay. And he was in the area because he actually had a family member who had passed from COVID, and they were doing the. They couldn't really have a funeral funeral, so they mm-hmm. went to the cemetery, and they had to... He explained to me how they had to gather, going to be 10 of them at a time, at the, the site, mm-hmm. six feet apart. It was just really, really strange mm-hmm. and, like, sound really mm-hmm. sterile. So that kind of was just like, oh, right, my God. Right, right. Yeah, um, that's, that's rough, but it it is... Um, <sighs> I don't know. When I when I picture a lot of these deaths happening, like I know that there are people who weren't able or, or haven't had funerals at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the, yeah. I guess it's it's a blessing it's a on some level to have been able, able to yeah. yeah gather or connect in some way. Yeah. So then they had a gathering at the house, but it wasn't a lot of them. It was still like the maybe like eight people, but then other people went to their own homes and then they all zoomed in type of stuff. So they could still oh, like okay. Have this together time, but still, like, mm-hmm. not, you know, still be in compliance. Right. Obviously, the the person passed from COVID, so they're, like, real high alert on it, so it makes sense. But when he told me where he was, I was like, oh, that's 
by me actually and he's like oh it is and he's like oh shoot I'm like eight minutes from your house and I was like oh and then he was like can I see you and I was like no mm-hmm. and then he was like can I see you and I was like yeah you convinced me it was not hard I'm not that's all he had to do was ask <laughs> twice <laughs> yeah in a global like, pandemic I was like yeah okay I'll come downstairs I was like not long though and we got to be six feet apart and I'm wearing my mask you know you know like all of that shit or whatever uh-huh. I'm like, you're not really going to see me, see me. And then he made a joke right. like, yo, you're Muslim anyway. You know, like whatever. Um, just saying Wait, like, um, what? like he made like a, he makes a lot of corny jokes. So he's like, oh, we'll just be like, cause you know, I'm Muslim. And I guess my face is covered. So he's like, oh, it'll be like, and I'm like, uh, that's wrong. I have oh, to correct. got it. Yeah. That was an internal Muslim joke? He's amongst, not Muslim. Was he, he Muslim tries as well? To, oh, he okay. tries to be engaged because he knows I'm Muslim. And I'm like, you don't have to oh. do that. I'm not going to say any Christian <laughs> jokes. I don't, you know, it's not, it's, you don't have to do that. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> not what you have to do. So he did come to my building. I did go downstairs. We weren't six feet apart, but we did not touch or anything. I would say maybe like four feet, three feet. We were okay. not. We were close, but not far. So we were talking for a little bit, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back upstairs because I've risked my life long enough, mm-hmm. and I'm going back upstairs. So I think I was down. We were together for like 15, 20 minutes tops, which is actually enough time mm-hmm. for me to, for either of us to infect each other. But right, went back upstairs or whatever. I went back like, in the shower right away, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to see a human that I did not know in person that I wasn't like, get the fuck away! Because that's generally what my mm-hmm. mind is thinking when I am okay. doing my grocery shopping because that's the only thing I do when I go out. Right. So that was interesting, but I'm not risking my life like that anymore. It was just fun because I like danger. Oh, my God. You know, I like adventure and shit. But yeah, that's enough for me. I, that that's I'm not doing it again. So we'll just be doing like virtual dates going forward. He understands, and yeah. So that was like my little kind of date rendezvous with a person. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about like, cause you know, there's gonna be like a possible, not possible. There is gonna be a condom shortage. So I need to order condoms because when this is over, all of us are saying we're gonna be hoes. So. Right. Let's be responsible hoes and get some condoms now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't hoard, but I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I added condoms to my list just so I could have like at least one box in here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. um, just buy a box of condoms because there's going to be a shortage. So, you know. But yeah, I was thinking about that too because I don't have any condoms because I haven't been doing anything. So I need to get mm-hmm. some. How are you dating in the Rona? Well, not in um, the Rona, during the pandemic. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm not risking my life. I'm not out here. I'm not out here like that. But I've also been, I haven't had any virtual dates. I will say I have, when I, like when this was first happening, I suggested a virtual date and somebody made a joke about it. And so I was like, well, fuck you then. Mm-hmm. So most of my dating has been texting mm-hmm. and I did I did have one they're just conversations. I did we I did do one FaceTime. Usually if I'm doing like the Zoom we did I did with my family or the time that we zoomed in to Lisa's classroom, I'll put on like a face. I'll mm-hmm. shower. Those that's those are the days I definitely shower. I'll shower, put on a face and shit so I look presentable cuz I feel like my my at home look is different than my at home during quarantine look mm-hmm. and isolation look. It's uh-huh. just like intense. Yeah, you're like stewing. I'm stewing. I'm in here stewing. That's exactly <laughs> it. 
and I can't. That's just not. That's not like impromptu, like Facetime time. Yeah, you know. So I usually the days that I'll do like a family Zoom or some other official Zoom meeting where I've put on a face. Those are the days that I'll try and get all my Facetimes in. Mm. So I have been doing. I have been doing a lot of Facetimes. I have been doing a lot of messaging periodically throughout the day, uh-huh. and I think what makes it i don't know i think one of the things that's important i think a lot of people who are on the dating apps are people who are like at home by themselves they're like grown like for us at least grown ass single ass people who are home alone or home like not with family and shit like that Mm -hmm. so i think it's important building these kind of like virtual relationships are important and i feel like i don't know about you but i there are a few people who i'm messaging that it's like i don't think Based on what I'm gathering here, I don't think this is going to be a thing. But I do think that us, you you seem like a decent person. We're on lockdown. There's no reason why yeah. I can't like mm-hmm. hit yeah. you up and see if you're good, if your mental health is good today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that the virtual connections that people are making on Tinder and some of the other apps, like there can be value in that. And it doesn't always, it doesn't all have to be like romantic. I don't think I'm messaging anybody who I feel particularly like amorous about Mm -hmm. right now and i think that you know that could change of course but as a sagittarius and a generally like intense person usually in the real world i have a few people who i'm texting as friends but i like to like let's get this going you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like move things fairly quickly sometimes so i think that this isolation thing that we're doing is setting the table i think for a different type of connection amongst single folks or folks who are not single but still dating so it's been interesting i feel like that i'm talking to people who usually i'll just be like nope 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 because it's just like it's just a conversation now for me it's like i'll be just just a conversation not to say that i date with intent but it's like if i'm not sexually attracted to you or i don't like you then like why are you talking to me especially women Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now i'm just like oh whatever Uh, we could crack jokes (laughs) we could do this right so i don't really i don't befriend men so like i'm not thinking about that when i meet men usually i'm thinking about are we gonna have sex or mm-hmm. are we going to like each other and stuff like that? But I generally, mm-hmm. in this big age, I have I don't meet men and be like, oh, we're going to be friends. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. And I agree with you. Like, I'm not somebody who considers myself to have male, male friends, per se. I think that there is room, like, in these friendships or whatever I'm calling them. There's, of course, to me, there's still an element of, flirtiness but it's not like like some of them it's not like yeah when this is over i want to meet you so bad and i want to fuck you you oh, know what i'm saying yeah, no, which no. is what yeah i think that yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like it's nice like there are people there are guys i used to date or whatever who every now and then as a as somebody who's like a lifelong single ass bitch it's nice to have somebody who is like I'm hitting you up not because I want to have sex, but like I enjoy talking to you because you were a decent person. So how you doing? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But are, are they invited to my wedding? We're not friends like that. We're friends like, hey, how you doing? How you been? What you doing right now? Da, 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 da. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's nice. I, I don't know. I don't have those. But yeah. It's like I'm a black widow spider. Once we're done, I like eat you and you die. And then we don't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you been watching shit this week? I have. All right, let's get into some what we're watching. 
what we're watching, what we're watching, yeah. Ooh la la la, it's the shows that we're watching when we're sipping tea. Ooh la la la, it's the shit that we're watching with J. Dot and Queen. Ooh la 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 la. Come on, what we're watching, yeah. So what you been watching this week, Jay? So this week, what have I been watching? Nothing exciting. I would say nothing. I did start Killing Eve, and I thought that that that's been interesting. Isn't um, it good? So that's on Hulu. Yeah, it's it's cute. I have some feelings about the quote unquote the villain. I have some feelings about her and those dynamics, mm-hmm. but generally speaking. I think overall I like it and it's it's a it's a good vibe. So yeah, so check out Killing Eve on Hulu if you were looking for something else to watch. But also I noticed in my streaming travels, HBO right now is doing is uh streaming uh free content right now. Oh, so if you don't have HBO, yeah, if you don't have HBO, if you don't have an HBO login, I have somebody's login. Thank you so much. Shout out to the homie. If you don't have somebody's HBO login, they have right now like I don't think, I don't know if it's 500 or 900. I don't know. But 500 to 900, I think it's 500 hours of free streaming content. So it's not like all their shows or all their programming, but certain movies and certain shows are available. There were a few comedies, I think, if I didn't have a login that I would watch. I think Veep is on there if you cared about that at all. But like all their super good shit is still behind the paywall. But I was looking through to see, okay, what would I watch? If these were my options, what would I watch? There is a documentary called United Skates on there. I haven't watched it yet, mm-hmm. but it is about black American skate culture throughout oh, okay. throughout the country. So the description right here, it says, credited with incubating East Coast hip hop and West Coast rap, America's roller rinks have long been bastions of regional African-American culture, music, and dance. As rinks shudder across the country, a few activists mount a last stand. So that's on my list of shit to watch. So if you are looking for more shit Mm -hmm. and you don't have the HBOs, you can watch United Skates on HBO right now and a bunch of other random shit. I I saw like the trailer for it. And was like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to watch that. And then never went back to it. So I'm glad you were, yeah. did this and reminded me that that's on your fucking list. There you go. I had never heard of it. I had never heard of it. But I was like, okay. So I was looking at what was available on HBO. I'm like, all right. So there are a few things here maybe I would watch. But like, what would I tell somebody else to watch? Or what's on my like, oh, you mm-hmm. have to like watch this list. And I looked through. I was like, oh, that's that's okay. This, this, this matters then. This is, you know, <laughs> this is news. This is news. What are you watching? So I've been dabbling in the YouTubes. And because I can't go out in the fashion that I want and be popping in those ways, I started just tapping into fashion vlogger YouTube just so I could look at people Mm. be cute and see people put together Mm. outfits and doing their hair and makeup and shit um, since I'm not seeing that. Currently, I stumbled upon a YouTube channel and it's interesting because I follow this person on Instagram and have followed them for years, but I just always, I love their pictures. I love the outfits and stuff like that, but I never looked further into who this person was because it just Mm -hmm. seemed boring because it was just all pictures. I didn't get like any idea of personality or anything like that. And when I was watching. It was like a lookbook. 
Yeah, yeah. This is like a lookbook. Exactly. Thank you. So I never really, mm. nothing enticed me to like look into this person. Um, her name is the Notorious KIA. Her name is Kaya. Do not call her Kia because she will stab you. She says that in her video. She doesn't say stab, but um, <laughs> yeah. So when I'm looking at the videos, I'm like, oh, this girl is actually like pretty cool. Like she's a, she's from Brooklyn. She does sound like a New Yorker. She gesticulates in ways that I can relate to. A lot of this, mm-hmm. lot of that quote unquote perfection that I generally see on YouTube, she doesn't like do it. She doesn't, she isn't doing anything extra, but it's just, I don't know. I guess it's just, I see, I see familiarity in her mm-hmm. or her YouTube channel that's enjoyed, which I enjoyed. And then when I was watching it, I realized that I think I thought she was boring because she was like light skinned and skinny. I was just about to say. <laughs> 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 I think that's why I was just I about to that. say it. Okay. What? All right. But let me ask you another. Let me ask you a question mm-hmm. though. Are you somebody that watches? I know that you. I. I would, based on what I think about us, I assume that you watch more YouTube than I do. But like, are you somebody that would typically watch this kind of YouTube channel? No. Because she's like, she's doing, uh, you know, she's putting outfits together and doing different shit like that. Like, yeah, I never, I never engage in flashing YouTube. Like, I don't okay. do that. I just want to look at people mm-hmm. be cute and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's not what I'm seeing when I go out to the grocery store. I'm not seeing that at all. I like to see, I like to right. see cuteness and shit. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And I'm not getting that. So I'm like, how else can I get that? Mm-hmm. So I just figure I go on YouTube and look at other women in films, like, get cute. So I guess I brought up the word that up to say that you follow her the same way that you follow other fashion bloggers, but you weren't really looking into any other fashion bloggers unless yeah. they were doing something else like being funny or having some other type of personality that's not related necessarily to their fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to But I feel you cuz I have also seen her I I will follow her on Instagram now, mm-hmm. but I have I'm familiar with her from Instagram, but mm-hmm. I haven't followed and I don't know if I was doing the same, you know, light skin, like kind of boring kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think unless usually the people that I actually take the step to follow on Instagram are people who are doing things that either are out of my comfort zone or I don't see enough of or whatever. I have a light skin girl at my house right now. So maybe that's why I haven't been moved to follow her. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think too. Like that's why I didn't look into mm -hmm. it because it wasn't nothing out of whatever, she she would exist in lots of places because she would have these access because of her body shape and her and being right, light skin and right, all of this right, stuff. Right. I will see mm-hmm. a mirroring of her. But there are people right. who are um, like, I guess, dark skin makeup or hair people who I follow. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at their page just to look at it. I don't really follow. I don't really look at makeup and hair YouTube too much anymore. And maybe the mm-hmm. past three years. But if I come across someone on YouTube, I mean, on Instagram or something, I will look into their YouTube just to look at them because I don't see them enough. So I know that because she's her body type, because she's light skinned, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I didn't didn't feel Mm -hmm. the need to look further because she'll be fine. That's I think that's what my mom did. Like, oh, she'll be good. She only my Mm -hmm. views. So I really think so. As I was watching it, I was like, why wasn't I? And I think that's what I put together because I think I really would have looked further if if she wasn't. But... Yeah, I really like her channel. Um, the first video that I saw, I think that's what drew me in too, because you know I'm into like organization and shit. She was like organizing mm-hmm. her closets and shit. She had a service mm-hmm. come in and do it, which I like too. But yeah, so that drew me in. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna sit here and watch her be cute. 
Um, but I do want to look for other fashion vloggers on YouTube, especially bigger girls, especially girls with big ass titties. I'm just looking for body types that match mine a little more. Mm -hmm. So if you have that, send that over. But it was nice to like tap into fashion YouTube and watch people be cute, you know? That's what's up. I like that. I'm yeah. going to follow your lead on that a little bit. Because I'm also, I'm not a big consumer of that. And I think part of that is like being new, in New York, being in like a pedestrian kind of city yeah. and everybody is walking mm -hmm. around and we're all outside looking at each other anyway, or like, you know, working in places where people are quote unquote fashionable or believe themselves to be fashionable or whatever the case is. And yeah. so like, I'm not a fashion ass nigger. So it was never, hasn't been on my radar, but I, I agree. I think a part of that, like me being in my house stewing is like not seeing and consuming the things that I actually do enjoy, but I normally consume them like in real time yeah, on, on the street yeah. or exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I second that. I think that's a good idea. Another thing that I like about her that I didn't say, I just want to make sure I know is that she does really cute femme things with sneakers mm -hmm. that I really, really like and enjoy. I don't really wear a lot of sneakers. I teeter towards a femme side the way I dress and I don't mm -hmm. really see lots of femme f inspiration with sneakers but she mm -hmm. does a lot of that so i'm really 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 into that because yeah it's cute i'm like you know frilly shit and then you know some sneakers um so she does mm -hmm. that really cute so that's another thing that draws me to her and like her fashion or whatever but yeah we have the link to her channel in the show notes if you want to check it out and if you need some like visual stimulation you know, tap into beauty, fashion, hair, um, YouTube. And, um, you know, you can get that there. That's right. And that's the Notorious Kaya, right? Yep. Yes. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money! <laughs> Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes. So Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass woman is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvqueenandj.com hit that donate tab mm -hmm. and we have two options there so two can, two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm -hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the, the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. All right. Let's get into some news that's not news. In a world where Don Lemon is considered a respectable news anchor. In a world where people respect Don Lemon. Queen and Jay bring you news that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news. Because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways. With a special segment by Don Lemon. 
So here's news that's not news. So news that's not news is a segment where we uncover a news story that's either not being covered in mainstream media or is being covered, but not in a way that we would cover it or not discussing the things that we think are important to us. Or it's something super important that we want to emphasize that we want to. I don't I can't think of other words for emphasize. All right. Anyway, so that is news. <laughs> That's not news. What do you have this week? All right. So this week, the amount of gun background checks in the U.S. has increased since the Rona pandemic, which is. So what does that mean? And what are like the implications of that shit? Well, that would imply that people are probably buying more firearms, more guns. But because there's no federal database that tracks the purchase of firearms, they just use the background checks as an indicator of gun purchases. I think it's ridiculous mm-hmm. that there's no way to track how many, like there's no tracking system, no federal database of who the fuck buys guns, the numbers of guns that are sold. That blew my mind when I read this in this Mother Jones article. That's mm-hmm. where this information is from. But mm-hmm. the fuck? Um, yeah, that sounds intentional as fuck. Oh, very intentional. But because it's only tracking the amount of background checks, it's not a perfect system of tracking how many guns are sold because who knows, people right. could be skipping a background check. Someone mm-hmm. might get a background check and not buy a gun. Like, who knows? This is not a perfect system mm-hmm. to even track gun purchases in the U.S. I don't know why there isn't. We do know why there isn't. But there well, needs, we know why there isn't. Yeah, yeah. we know. We know we if know. you can track it, then it's easier It's easier to regulate if you know exactly what the fuck is Exactly. Because those real numbers would be like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then one background check or whatever can cover mad purchases of guns so you can get one background mm-hmm. check and then buy a whole fucking arsenal of guns and the system that they're currently using to track guns just says one gun purchase which mm-hmm. is you know ridiculous and then not all guns require a background check so it, it could depend on what stage you're in and you know all of that other stuff which we'll get into specifics of later so according to mother jones as the coronavirus spreads in the United States, demands for guns is surging, and that has experts worried about the prospects of gun violence down the line. So in general, according to this Mother Jones article, gun violence hasn't like increased while we are social distancing or whatever, but they think down the line, they foresee that this could become um, elevated gun violence problem here in the U.S. We already have a huge gun violence problem anyway. So for that to Mm -hmm. increase would be like detrimental, you know, just to livelihood, period, especially my black ass. So in March, the FBI's National Instance Criminal Background Check System, also known as NICS, recorded 3.7 million checks, uh, 34% more than the previous month, just from the previous month. And 12% more than the previous record in December of 2015 at the height of the Barack boom. Now, I had never heard of the Barack boom. (laughs) I had heard of it. You did? I had never heard of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. White folks were in a panic. (laughs) They were in a panic. There's always that fear. There's the white fear fantasy. There's always the fear that black folks are going to uprise 
and treat us, try and put us in our place and treat us with spite and disdain and meet us with violence. And so I need to get ready and I need to be prepared. That's like a thing Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. Yeah. And yeah, there's that that element of of I need to protect myself, white folks feeling that they need to protect themselves from perhaps no longer being at the type the top of the white supremacist food chain. Yeah. But also there is a feeling I, I think of aggression. Like I need to prepare for a race war yeah. that I might initiate, one that has never started, but like let's get crazy, let's get violent. <laughs> that's that's how it feels to me but I yeah i had heard, heard of this that in the tone boom. of prince let's get crazy let's get, <laughs> let's get violent <laughs> let's do it now yeah <laughs> but yeah so we are not we there are more gun purchases now than that old barack obama boom like 15 percent higher than what happened in 2015 when barack obama was um, nominated as a president of the united states so people are like Ooh, I don't know. It's it's scary. It's fucking mm-hmm. scary. So here are some of the states where gun background checks went up, and a lot of them went up by either one-third or even double the amount just from February to March. These numbers are just from February of 2020 to March 2020, that these numbers mm-hmm. either went up one-third or doubled. So these are the states, and this is from highest to lowest, so Texas was number one. Duh. This right <laughs> doubled, followed mm-hmm. by their best friend Florida. Duh. Yeah. Um, then we have California, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Colorado. So those are the states where these background checks either went up by one third or doubled. But this could mean way more guns than the amount of background checks because. Every state has different regulations. You could probably, get, like I said earlier, you could get one background check and maybe buy a whole fucking artillery enough for an armory or some shit. Who the fuck knows? Right, right. I actually kind of wanted to get into some of the data relative to background checks. Mm-hmm. So U.S. law requires background checks for all people who try to buy firearms from federally licensed dealers. But federal law does not require background checks for, quote unquote, private transactions like sales at gun shows or certain online distributors. So you could just like order a gun. Like, you could buy a gun online. Nobody know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only six states require universal back checks. Background checks? Six. Mm-hmm. Wow. Universal background checks. Six. Mm. California, Colorado, Illinois, New York. Oregon and Rhode Island require universal background checks on all firearm sales at gun shows, including sales by unlicensed dealers. Three more states, Connecticut, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, require background checks on all handgun sales made at gun shows, but not elsewhere necessarily. So, like, if you buy a gun at Walmart or if you buy a gun from, like, a mom and pop, chances are that is those are federally licensed dealers. If you buy a gun, again, online... If you're at a gun show, depending on, like, as long as you're not in one of these, I would say, what, six, nine states, uh-huh. you're good. Like, you don't need to. Nine, out of, good nine out of 50. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this data that's coming up, because then there are also states where no permit is required. So Maine, Arizona, Kansas, Wyoming, Alaska, Vermont, and now Missouri, no permit is required so now we have most states don't require background checks and you have these few states where no permit is required because i know some some data was being tracked by like okay well who's applying for a permit yeah, or whatever exactly. the fuck. but like 
if if most states if most gun sales don't require this shit or if like a huge number then this is really just like kind of an indication of like a larger quote-unquote problem yeah i would say so just to kind of put in perspective what really goes down in the gun sale dms it it seems like a free-for-all it kind of is because the what made me what attracted me to the story because i actually have a nephew who just brought mad guns and we're like why are you buying these guns the fuck are you doing um, mm-hmm. like what's happening over there? <laughs> <laughs> and he's in like Pennsylvania. Yeah, some he's shit, in Pennsylvania, right? which you know is one of those kind of like red gun friendly kind of places. So I yeah. get why he was just able to just go and buy a gun, and he did have to have a background mm-hmm. check and all of this shit. But like, I live in New York City where gun culture isn't like that because of our gun laws. So like, I'm like, you just you brought a gun, like you woke up and took a shower. And put yeah. on clothes to go buy a gun. Like, it's just so far removed from me. Mm-hmm. But this is just, like, regular for a lot of, for a lot of Americans. For a lot of people mm-hmm. in the U.S. It's just like, okay, let me go get some guns and some bullets and some whatever. Just like, woo, chow. Right. That's a lot. No, I feel you. Yeah. So my sources for this data were CNN, the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence, and The Trace. The Trace is like a, a news publication. I don't know if it's just online, but it's a news publication that's allegedly dedicated to generating more information about guns mm-hmm. in the U.S. Okay. And I can't tell what their motivation is. I don't. I don't know if it is. It's said to reduce gun violence through sharing more information about guns, but that could that could mean anything. So yeah, I don't really know. But yeah, so that's just to give you all a heads up to where I got this information from. Got it. So protect your neck. <laughs> Literally, the fuck. Stay in the house. <laughs> that. They got guns out Stay there. in the motherfucking house, yo. There was this meme going around about um, staying in the house after isolation is lifted, after the quarantine is over. You gotta let the other people test it first. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ain't going out right know. away either. Nah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little minute. I'm gonna need to ease. I'm gonna need to ease on into that, yo. I don't wanna be a part of that first that first week of I don't know, what's the word for foolishness and chaos? Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't want to be there for that parade. I definitely don't either. Mm-mm. All right. Well, let's pay some black women. Yeah. Give me your fucking money. Pay Black Women is a segment where we highlight black women owned businesses, initiatives, black women entrepreneurs, black women who just need support. Black women who need lunch money, whatever the case may be, we highlight those businesses and initiatives in this segment. We also include indigenous women in this segment. So if you are a black or indigenous woman run business initiative, whatever it is, you can submit yourself to pay black women. Someone else can submit a pay black women. We, of course, know that women are trans women, cis women, any variety of woman, indigenous or black. You are welcome to participate in our pay black women segment here at Tea with Queen and Jay. We also open this segment up to AFAB non-binary folks. So they are welcome to participate. You are welcome to participate. Again, feel free to submit a pay black women to our T mail at Tea with Queen and Jay at gmail.com. Queen, what do you have for pay black women? So this week, pay black women is actually a submission from a listener. Thanks for sending this over. And it is for Licorice 404. Licorice 404 is a private tattoo studio based in East London. And because of everything that's going on with this pandemic, 
had to close down. Um, I'm going to read a bit from what I got from the email. This is information about the business. So Licorice 404 is home to three queer women resident artists and their Instagrams are at niche underscore row r-o-w-e underscore tattoo the other is at mandy dot tattoo and at elise dot connors who specialize in tattooing dark skin aiming to provide a safer space for lgbtqia plus you know others in the community we want to disrupt the accepted inequality within mainstream uk tattoo industry by creating and nurturing a tattoo community and reclaiming tattooing as a transformational practice within a maximum respect for the client's body on their gofundme this is what they are saying that they need and stating what they need the support of us for we are now completely out of work and unable to maintain the studio rent along with other personal financial commitments we have been trying to negotiate with our landlord but the options proposed as solutions involve us getting in debt and through back paying or taking out loans these solutions will only mean further uncertainty and anxiety for the studio they have a few goals of things of what they want to do with the donations and they're more specific on their gofundme but the donations will be going to paying rent and bills supporting to help get things back to normal after covid they also put that they want to when they get to the point where they reopen they want to order different kinds of tattoo beds so they can adhere to all different body types and sizes and things like that which i think is pretty cool and something i've never even thought about before um one because i don't have tattoos and two because i am i guess a standard size motherfucker and it's cool that they're thinking about being body inclusive in that way so we have their gofundme link in our show notes i also think it's cool that they specialize in tattooing dark skin um i know that lots of folks who black other dark-skinned people who go to tattoo places that's always an issue especially when it comes to fucking coloring and shading and all of that shit it's mm-hmm. always a fucking issue with that as well so i think it's pretty dope yeah it's an issue in in terms of talent and then it's well i'm speaking as somebody who doesn't have any tattoos but knows about this yeah, neither of us neither of us do right it's an issue in terms of like the talent and like who's capable of doing it but then it's also an issue in terms of like the language that's used and the way that people talk about tattooing dark skin. Mm -hmm. I just remember watching, just watching a lot of media, watching a lot of programs on tattooing and the discussion around dark skin. It's not, it's never talked about as like the challenge of tattooing dark skin. It's the language used seems so, it's like the way that they talk about like 4C hair. That's what I was about to say. Like, yeah, yeah, as like a negative, as like a negative thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah you know you can't really see it as on dark skin or you can't it's a lot of can't can't you can't 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 instead of figuring out okay how do i achieve something that is flattering for your skin tone how do i make these colors pop Mm -hmm. on your skin tone like what do i need to do to make this work so it's not just exactly so it's not just like can someone do it but also like how are they talking about dark skin you know in their efforts to create the art word yeah so like I said, GoFundMe link is in our show notes if you would like to support Licorice 404. So you ready to throw somebody in a pit? Yes, I am. I want to throw a lot of people in. It's <laughs> just how I feel. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. The new XXX has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? 
Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Okay, so The Pit is the segment where we throw any and everything that is trying to destroy our black joy. That goes in a pit, stays in a pit, fiery pit. Yes, in there. Who are you throwing in a pit today, Jay? All right. So I have two pits. I have two Too different far. things mm-hmm. that I want to put in the pit. One is real quick. There is a hashtag rub challenge. I want to put the rub challenge in the pit. What is the rub challenge? All right. So the rub challenge is this hashtag that edge control brands are using on social media. So that's usually where I see these ads. They'll either pop up on my Instagram or they'll pop up on my Facebook or Twitter, whatever. And it's a video of black hairstylist and a black customer showing how their edge control works, showing how how flat it can lay your hair and how stiff it is and essentially like how well it works, right? Mm -hmm. So basically somebody will take their finger and rub it hard across your edges once they've used whatever magic edge control they yeah. used. So it's like it's like the way that they're rubbing is not how anyone is ever supposed to rub their edges. Who does that? I don't know. I've never rubbed it's someone's hard. edges. It's hard. It's fast because it's supposed to show how well it works on laying them down and keeping them there. And if you have 4C hair or, or a grade of hair where your edges won't lay down, quote unquote, then I see this is something like, yeah, I would I have trouble finding a good edge control. Yeah, like same. I get that. But also I don't want anyone putting their hand on my head and rubbing my edges against the direction where they're supposed to go or rubbing them side to side or like that sounds like a like commercial for an appliance. You know how like it's always like Yes. <laughs> like yes. that's just like you you do some shit that you would not ever normally do in real life to be like, Yeah, look how it works. Like, no, that's how it looks. What are you doing? That's how it looks. It's taken away from my black joy. <laughs> it feels excessive. It gives me the heebie jeebies. I don't know if you have a thing, but like sometimes when I have a I get like skeeved out when I see or hear, or if it's implied that somebody is like scratching a chalkboard mm-hmm. with like their hand, like it just like it makes my skin crawl. That's how I feel when I watch that video. So I'm not saying I'm not implying that the rub challenge is anti-black or that it is uh, a horrible thing. I'm just saying I want it to stop. It's not supposed to go that way. I don't like it. Stop rub challenging your edges. Stop letting people rub challenge your edges. It makes me uncomfortable want anything on my edges that hold is like that anyway that's the other thing because i'm so skeeved out by it i didn't watch or or investigate long enough to know how the how do you like, get something that, that stays that tight how do you yeah how do you get that safely all off of your edges as not to lose any edges yeah. so I, I because i'm so skeeved out by the challenge i am uh i don't know how the shit works so i don't know i think on the edges (laughs) yeah that's something that would appeal to my seventh grade self who was like mad concerned about my edges laying down and just would not look and see if this shit is even good for my edges so are they marketing this shit to children i don't know i don't like the the rub challenge Yeah, I do not fucking like the rub challenge. So I want to throw that shit in the pit. Yeah, I agree. And then on a on a on a more real, actual, like anti-black level, I want to throw white people in the pit because y'all are not okay. And y'all, this this 
COVID-19, this self-isolation, social isolation, social distancing, quarantino that we have going on right here, it's not, it doesn't look good on a lot of you all. I went outside to walk Hennessy and the day that I walked Hennessy, I was like, okay, I'm outside now, so I might as well stop at the grocery store and get a few things while I'm out right now. And then the other time I went out was like I mentioned last week, I had to go and visit my grandmother and, yeah. you know, make sure that she was fed and like do all the things or whatever. Right. Which I did, of course, with the mask and all that stuff or whatever. But the point is, ain't nobody supposed to be outside. I'm not going outside for leisure. I'm not going outside to see what had happened. I'm going outside for things that are important. I'm going outside to walk my dog so that she doesn't eat me in here. I'm going outside <laughs> to get food. I'm going outside to take care of my grandmother. Yeah. Right. The essentials. The essentials. And because I'm somebody who, as most of us, we're not outside that much, yo. Every time I've been outside, I had a racial incident. And that was, again, just those two times. So the first time I went outside, again, I walked Tennessee. I go to the supermarket. I have my dog on a leash. I have mask, gloves, head wrap. I have on my coat. I have a shopping cart. I have all the things that say I'm a customer grocery shopping. There's shit in my shopping cart. I'm on the move. And this white couple, neither of which had a mask on, approached me. I would say they were two to three feet close to me. So I'm already alarmed. Yeah. Okay. At the grocery store. Hi, can I just ask you a question? I saw that look in their face because I've worked in service before, because I've worked in stores like that before, because I've worked in retail before. And I'm like, this is a customer asking an employee a question. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't work here. They're like, oh, but you had the, the woman is like, oh, but you had on your and she tried to gesture like a name tag. Where? Nothing on me. I didn't even I know. Wait, where sis? I didn't even have one. Sometimes I'll have like a, a pin or a button that says some revolutionary get the fuck out of my face shit. I didn't even have one of those. on. I was just out in a coat. OK, like every other fucking shopper with a dog with a dog on a fucking dog on a leash. And a shopping cart full of groceries, okay? And it's upsetting because that's something that has happened to me and other black people, I'm sure. This is not like a unique yeah. thing that happens. But because because I am in this part of Manhattan where white people are customers and civilians and the black people in the neighborhood are there because they're working, mm-hmm. it was assumed that I'm a brown person in this store. What she could see of me, I had on glasses, a head wrap, a mask, a coat, gloves. So the pieces of my skin that she could see told her that I was an employee there at that, at that store. Without asking, hey, hi, do you work here? That would have been cute, but it's just an automatic default assumption and and it would have been ridiculous because again i had right right and again this has happened to me several times throughout my life but one of the ones that i will never forget and ever is being 17 and shopping for prom shoes Mm -hmm. sitting barefoot in uh bloomingdale's trying on shoes trying on boxes of shoes just like every other teenage girl that was there during prom season and having other teenage girls and white parents approach me and ask me for shoes as i sat down in my street clothes my head wrap barefoot so you niggas this is not new this is ridiculous this is like you're the worst of yourself is showing during that rona during a time we're all like already stressed and i need you to fucking stop it 
The second incident that I had, I had gone to see my my grandmother. So I get on the express bus. The way that New York City was built, it's a commuter city so they expect workers from that this is like from back in the day when the city and the subway was constructed and the and transportation in the city was constructed the way it was built folks from the outer boroughs are supposed to be able to come in and work in manhattan and then leave and go back to their borough right i get on the express bus to go to the bronx to take care of my grandmother i get on the bus it's myself and other black people headed from manhattan to the bronx people are either going home from working or going there to do work or whatever the case may Mm -hmm. be. Usually the situation is people are leaving Manhattan to go home, right? So this was the, this was uh, like around, around five o'clock, 530 or whatever. They've put more express buses on the route. So by more, I think it's probably the same as usual. So just to maintain social distancing when you get on the bus and there are less people traveling, yada, yada, yada. So I think I was on the bus with maybe the bus driver and 10 people maybe spread out. So I get on the bus in Manhattan. It's no big deal. I find a seat away from people. I still don't like being on a bus but this is how I get to my grandmother's house. Yeah. So that's just what it is, right? So I'm masked up and I go, I do my shit. And now I am headed home. It's late, it's dark, it, and I'm leaving the Bronx to head back to Manhattan now. So the reason why I brought up all this commuting shit is because when people leave that area of the Bronx at that time of night, usually motherfuckers are going, going to, to work. work. Yeah. Usually they're going to work. So it is uh, anywhere between like 8.30 and 9.30. I get on the express bus. Again, the first time, no problem. I get Now I'm headed back to Manhattan, right? So now I'm headed back to where white people live, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. So I get on the express bus. The driver is, which I had never seen before. This guy, he's not wearing a mask. He's eating, which feels like unsafe for him. Because he encountered so many people. Like, I don't, I don't know what that was. So that was the first thing I thought about and kind of startled me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I get on the bus and he's like, are you an ex- essential worker? Where are you going? Uh-oh. I'm like, I was taking care of my grandmother. I'm going home. Oh, so you're in one of those programs where you like you get paid to take care of your grandma? I'm like, no. What the fuck? She's 92. Yeah, she's 92. I do it for free. And and there's a program, no shades like that program, but like I'm being interrogated here. Yeah, like Yeah, like what the fuck is happening? Okay, well, you know, they're getting on the buses and they're checking. They're checking. So like what are you I was like, I'm taking care of my grandmother, she's ninety two. She needs to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a, a this is an essential thing. He's like, Okay, I'll vouch for you. Um, you know, but they're getting on here and they're checking. Like, first of all, there are people who get on a bus to do their grocery shopping. There are people yeah. who live in places where they have to travel. Like there are still other essential things happening besides where work, niggas besides have to move. Service. Yes, 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 yes. So that went on. And as I'm like walking to my seat, he's still talking to me like, okay, I just have to make sure I have to make sure because da, 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 da. And we, you and I have been pretty on top of like the announcements by the governor, by the mayor. Mm -hmm. And there's been no discussion of fucking motherfuckers like checking your papers. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like checking your papers to see, he's like, yo, you know, get a note. There's been no, and I know that, yeah, people do have essential worker notes for situations that I think are like 
extreme situations or like like that like me getting on an empty bus it was just me nobody else was on a bus i was in a mask i was in gloves like he's not masked eating spitting germs everywhere with no mask with no mask close right you have to walk by the bus exactly exactly what is happening right now what is going on so yeah that was really upsetting i think that this disaster this pandemic it is another i'm seeing it's just another unfortunately it's another opportunity for white folks to police black folks to police black Mm -hmm. and brown folks Mm -hmm. and in a time where you would hope that everybody would rise to the occasion and be kind to one another people who were always shit are are rising to be more shit or stooping more to that you know leaning more in that direction so this was another opportunity for this white man michael anthony to flex and it was it was upsetting i'm scared i'm scared riding the bus you know what i'm saying it's not like a car when i can roll down the window we're in there on the bus together i'm scared riding the bus I'm scared going to my grandmother's house. I'm scared. I don't want to infect her. Like I get there. I stay at the door. I spray myself down with Lysol. I change my clothes into house clothes. I take off my gloves. I change my gloves. I take off my mask and I I put a cover over it. I do all type of shit to make sure that I don't infect her. I have a whole system of like being there and like leaving and what that looks like. I don't need the added stress of a bus driver policing whether I should even be be outside. outside. When I don't want to be outside. Motherfucker, drive it was the just, bus. Drive the bus, Drive the yo. fucking bus. This is not your drive job. The, I would get it if, if I was getting on the bus with a pack of people. Like, hey, me and my crew are getting on the bus. But it was legit just me there trying to get home from, you know. Sure, he doesn't know I was taking care of my grandmother. But also, like, why are you asking me anything? Yeah, but he didn't even need to know that. Like, what the fuck you mean? This is transportation. Your job mm-hmm. is to transport me, right? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. He can't tell you you yeah. can't get on a bus. The fuck? No. But, and, and that's exactly what he was doing. He, like, stopped me, like, as I was trying to get on the bus. It was, it was really... No, his ass just it was wanted really to keep wild. eating, and he wanted to do his route with nobody on it, and here your black right. ass came, and it's like, shit. Right. Now I gotta, it like, be wild. at work. That's fucking, it was fucking wild. He, was, he wasn't supposed to be eating either. Oh, no. He definitely wasn't supposed to be he eating. Supposed to be but eating. I was like, yo, you feel safe enough eating on this bus? Like, right now? No, you was, like, in, the, I you get was it. in his office. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was like, yo, you are wilding right now. You're wilding. But I wish... Part of me wishes that I had taken down his bus number, but all of this, I have to fucking report a white yeah, person or some black person mistreating you. me on behalf of whiteness every, like, like twice a year. I mean, I've, there are other times when I feel to do it, but I'm like, yo, I just fucking wrote a fucking letter about racism. I don't want to do this. It's like, there are so many times when I don't do it because it's like, yo, I just did this. You should just send um, the same letter. Change the um the date. <laughs> Yeah, right? You're right. Instead of like being ignored in the store, I change it to being disrespected yeah, just on make the bus. A, just make a template for racist interactions. Yeah. Just Racial. keep the template. And then you just plug into the shit. <laughs> you need to plug it in. Oh my gosh. And oh, that. I'm tired, yo. We're going to sell templates, I'm people. So now. Tired. <laughs> oh, 
I'm so tired of white people oh right God. now. We all supposed to be loving each other. Then these racist motherfuckers You're at seven person, o'clock, though. they're gonna You're be out the window hitting fucking. I know they're gonna be out the window hitting pots and pans and clapping for the essential workers. Like he wasn't just outside treating me like garbage, yo. I'm tired. <laughs> A nigga is tired, yo. I'm so fucking tired. So that's my fucking story. I need white people to stop it. Stop and, it. Um, just stop it, you guys. They need to stop. stay in like the house. You, you're not the police, man. The police are bad enough. You also are not the police. Stop. <sighs> anyway. That's frustrating. I think we did a show. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it is we frustrating. Did show. We did a motherfucking show. What hashtag are you fucking with this week? I'm fucking with hashtag essential workers. Yes. Because y'all are doing a damn thing. And um, yeah. we, I don't know how we would do this without you folks. And I understand people are clapping for y'all, but I really, really need for them to be paying y'all mm-hmm. hazard pay. Not even hazard pay. Y'all just need to be paid more, period. Because hazard pay sounds like yep. something that's temporary. Y'all need them mm-hmm. coins. Y'all need them now. And yeah, so hashtag essential workers. What hashtag you fucking I like with? that. I'm going to fuck with that one. I All like right. that one. Cool, cool. Yes. Let's do that, yo. Essential workers. And definitely, like, as as we are talking about coronavirus and as we talk about the quarantine, as we talk about staying home, just keep in mind that there are people who can't stay home. Keep in mind that, like, essential workers are out here doing both essential and non-essential shit, yo, mm-hmm. for people who have the luxury to stay home. Yep. So that's, that's what's up. That's a good thing mm-hmm. to keep in mind. So there we go. Yeah. So be sure to follow us on all the social medias. Be on Instagram and Twitter, at T with QJ. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Just search for Tea with Queen and J there. Send us tea mail by emailing us at tea with Queen and J at gmail.com. Send all those donations to us as well. You can do that by going to our website, tea with Queen and J dot com. You can follow my personal social meds. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the Queen Speaks with an underscore. Tell them your info, Jay. I am at Janicia F on Twitter and Instagram. That's at J-A-N-I-C-I-A. The F is for savings. No, it's not. Okay, well, <laughs> that's me. You can find me there. Okay. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support from a black girl named Sam. Tea with Queen and Jay, we turn up responsibly. A queer future to me looks like textbooks telling the stories of those who fought before us, knowing the name Crystal LaBasia just as much as they know the name Clara Barton. A queer future to me looks like a lot of fat, a lot of femme, a lot of Asian, and a lot of black. And that's just starting at who I see being president. A queer future to me looks like when I see diverse queer love on screen, it doesn't mean somebody colored is in love with a white man as if that's the only thing a queer person of color should desire. A queer future to me looks like black men loving black men on screen without fistfights, celibacy, or polar bears. A queer future to me looks like white gay men creating their own language instead of keeping a black woman's voice hostage in the bottom of their throats. A queer future to me looks like respect, 
Like unity, like love, unwrapped, unconditional, and unapologetic, like a soul train line, like a big ass smile from God, like for us, by us, like staying ready, not getting ready, like an unstoppable truth, like victory, like revolution, like self-love, like forgive but never forget, like come so far and not much more to go, like queer homelessness at 0.00 dash negative point zero percent. Like suicide rates at 0.00 dash negative point zero percent. Like murder rates at 00 point negative point zero dash negative point zero percent. Like a gay ass Chick-fil-A sandwich and a beautiful and patriotic trans first lady with a banshee-like fashion statement. A queer future to me. Looks like every one of us getting a chance to see it. See that promised land, that thing we were told not to dream, that thing we were told did not and would not exist, that thing we were told we were unworthy to have. Well, I got news for you. That thing your mama told you was a lie. That thing your daddy told you was a lie. That thing the preacher told you was a lie. That thing the world told you was a lie. We are so worthy. We are so worthy to have it. We are so worthy to see it. We are so worthy to be it. A queer future to me looks like our next breath. Now all we gotta do is take it. <laughs>